0: Welcome, everybody, to our uh, Zion Bible in a Year program. Uh, today, we're going to be looking at the book of 2 Corinthians, and I'm joined by uh, Don. Don, would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Um, my name is Don Nosher. I'm uh, a recent trampla- transplant to Bethalto from the Chicagoland area. I'm a Retired Lutheran school teacher/slash administrator, and I'm Sarah Lorenza's mom, and Emma, Lucas, Caleb, Leticia, and a new baby on the way up in Chicago. Um, grandma, so
0: congratulations!
1: Yeah, we're excited.
0: All sorts of blessings well i'm glad to have you here especially as we as we dive into second corinthians i think it's a great book uh but as is kind of the practice when we do our podcasts we'll do sort of the, the dates the history of the book some of the context that's important to understand as as you listen or dive into the book for yourself and then we'll just discuss so first off uh second corinthians was written sometime around 55 or 56 uh ad they kind of place it obviously sometime after 1 Corinthians, and before his martyring, as is common with a lot of these things, it's kind of difficult to to give it a direct date unless it's in there. So we use these we use milestones, kind of hints, contextual clues to to fill in the blanks. Uh, the author of Second Corinthians is Paul. So Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. He's done it once. He said the, in First Corinthians, First Corinthians, he kind of says, you know, you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing stop doing these things and get on board with the Christian faith, get on board with what needs to be done. We get a little bit of a break and one thing that's kind of referenced in 2 Corinthians is there's actually a, a letter to them a second time. Between these two epistles, he sends a very severe letter to them and says, you know, I've been there with you. I thought you were getting it, but clearly you're still not picking up on what I'm laying down, so to speak. You need to figure this out because when I come, it's not going to be gospel this time. I'm going to be proclaiming law. You've had your chance and now we need to try and get these things figured out. Luckily, Titus, the one who is bringing the letter to Corinth on behalf of Paul, comes back and he says, wow, they're they're actually changing. They're actually making some changes. Those things that you spoke about in 1 Corinthians are, are starting to take effect. But as is common with God's people, even if they're on the right track, there are still things that could be done better. So that's what 2 Corinthians is aimed at. The kind of context is the church in Corinth is, it's been making its kind of proper moves, but they still need to learn how to, you know, be self-controlled. They need to uh, watch out for false prophets. And above all, actually, Paul is saying, find your, your saints, so to speak, just so that way, you know, your church now, but You can also join us in our mission work of giving other people the good word. Right. So that's kind of what's going on in 2 Corinthians. One of the minor details here that I like to include is who's in rule. Uh, At this point, it's Nero. Nero is the emperor who actually will end up martyring Paul in about six to ten years after this is written. Uh, Nero is a, a strong uh opponent to christianity he did not like what was going on nero was not a good guy you know murdered his his mother and his wife and i think brother i mean he he was in rule strictly by sinful means and uh it's kind of it is a little bit important to know this because that's why corinth and rome and these other people are living in sin because if your emperor is sinning openly you can bet that he's saying well you guys go do whatever you want Paul has a lot of work to do. He's fighting an uphill battle here. So that's that's our historical context. Uh, Don, what stuck out to you?
1: Well, um, in regards to some of the things that you said, um, I just noticed my note in my study Bible that... um, not just the Church of Corinth, but all of us are condemned by the law and raised from death by the gospel. And that was something that um, Paul was trying to uh, point out to the Church of of Corinth. Um, uh, But uh, another thing that I noticed too was that, Between 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Paul was beating them with a stick. Yes, very much. (laughs) But um, in the 2nd Corinthians, he was um, a little more moderate in what he was uh, saying to the Church of Corinth and that, you know, okay, he made some progress, but these are still some things that are going on that need to be changed. And also the idea of, uh, mission work where mm-hmm. um, he talks to them about being cheerful givers and yes. how um, the same way in what in the same way in that we talk about when we do a capital campaign about it should be planned, it should be um, I forget what else he said, it should be planned, it should be given from the heart, um, it's a privilege. And it's about um, people, not budgets or bills or that sort of thing. Uh we give because Jesus gave so much to us. Mm-hmm. Um the other thing that stuck out to me uh is uh possibly noticed as an incidental in Second Corinthians chapter five verse one. Uh, Now we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. And as a camper, even though I camp in a camper and not a tent, um, I thought about the idea of our bodies as a tent and that we should only be putting essential things to keep us healthy and give us longevity versus uh, whatever <laughs> whatever strikes us at the moment that may or may not be healthy. Um, just as when we're camping, we only bring essential things. And um, I've, I've always learned that our body is a temple for the living God. Um, But uh, this idea of the tent just kind of hit me in the head um, that, you know, we eat so that our body is fueled so that we can go and work in God's world um, instead of just eating for the pleasure of eating.
0: Yeah, not to mention that, that, uh, you know, from our earthly standpoint, we see this body as being the mansion, right? I mean, it, it's easy to get focused on on what's here and now, and obviously the bodies we have are the here and now. But as we see here in Scripture, what, what you think is the pinnacle, or what we might think of as being the big deal, our bodies now, they're a fabric tent in comparison to what God has in store for us. Exactly, And that's an incredible news. I mean, they're temporary yeah. and they're fragile just like a fabric t- it doesn't take much to tear a tent and ruin it nope does not take <laughs> much to ruin our bodies either
1: right.
0: and the blessings that we have to come is going to be fantastic i mean just great great news one of the uh kind of the the things that one of the main takeaways that i had from this or one of the themes that I, and i like that you pulled out from the tent here is Second Corinthians focuses a lot on finding strength in weakness.
1: Our weakness.
0: Yeah. yeah. And uh, this this tent idea is the exact same thing. It, it, oftentimes, Christianity or, or saying you have faith in God, putting your hope in God, kind of letting go of something can be perceived as weakness. These kind of things that like, people can look at us and say, well, you know, obviously you're not that strong if you're just kind of giving up on it. Well, I'm not giving no. up on it. I'm doing the right thing for it. Right. And that's what we get in Second Corinthians. That's what we get in our faith. The world might say you're weak, but nope, we're strong and also wise in the idea of God's the one in control. This, this earthly tent isn't the one who's doing things. The created doesn't get to tell the creator what to do.
1: I believe uh, for many of us, it takes more strength to be quiet and to listen and to uh, do the will of God than it does to go off on our own tangents.
0: Oh, completely. I completely agree. It's difficult to let things go and to kind of open your hands and say, okay, God, you take it from me. That's a hard thing to do. And I'm not, you know, I'm still learning. It's it's difficult. We all
1: are. We all are. (laughs)
0: So. and paul also uh, on that same tangent kind of points us rightly so to Christ because from the human standpoint i mean christ is kind of you know from a from an earthly view christ is not what you'd expect right we we want a god who is you know maybe he's a giant shining warrior who has come to conquer but we get just a man who walks and loves and again that can kind of seem like Weakness. People can say, well, who's this God you're following? He's just wandering around and doing miracles. That's not a conqueror. That's not the ruler of all things. But man, let me tell you, what we saw as weakness and ultimately death is the ultimate strength. I mean, it takes a lot of strength to do what Christ does.
1: Right. And at the beginning of Second Corinthians, um, Paul talks about our God is the God of all comfort. And uh, and we praise him for that. And obviously, the Church of Corinth, which as, as we know, God's word is timeless, but the Church of Corinth was finding comfort in earthly ways that aren't godly ways. And again, to people today are finding comfort in earthly ways, not godly ways. And instead, we should all be trying to find comfort in God.
0: Yeah, that, and not only is it tough I mean it's tough for for me, and I'm sure it's tough for you, Don, and I'm sure it's tough for everybody listening to us to to allow that strength to to give up these problems to God. Mm-hmm. but it's especially hard for I can imagine the church here in corinth, if you're if you've lived your entire lives, you've you've based your idea on earthly strength, and now you're told that's got to be flipped on its head. If you want to have a proper understanding of christ and what he's going to do man that's going to be tough you're turning your whole world view upside down and i can't imagine trying to go through that that's got to be that's got to be tough
1: especially <laughs> when the leadership is showing you the opposite mm-hmm. of view um just And today, we're dealing with the conflicts in between Russia and Ukraine. And um, knowing that the leadership in Russia is is not what we would want it to be. And uh, the struggles, um, especially when other communication is taken away. The struggles that the people are dealing with in that country as far as um, you want to support your leadership <laughs> yeah. and, and, and you want to believe what they're telling you, but you're not fully getting it. There's conflict uh, within each person and within our world, and <laughs> it's just not a good thing.
0: No, I mean, again, kind of contextually speaking here, Corinth, just like today, you you look to others who have, by earthly standards, succeeded, so to speak. And if you're a believer in Corinth right now, like I just said, Nero, man, I mean, he's the ruler of all of Rome. I mean, that's, by earthly means, got to be a success story. He is the guy now. And how do you do it? Definitely not by giving it up to God. He took it in his own hands so much so that people became means to an end or blockades to an end that he was willing to kill.
1: And also in Second Corinthians, there were uh, a number of false prophets mm-hmm. going around and they were collecting fees <laughs> for their teachings. And uh, people were responding to Paul um in a negative way where he was put on called on the carpet, so to speak, to defend his ministry in the way that he didn't collect any fees. He just trusted in God to take care of him. And, uh, uh, and that was a big problem for the church of Corinth, um, and the the people there. Um, and, uh, Paul uh, was talked about as boasting about his ministry. Well, he wasn't boasting; he was just defending it. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't. I'm not making this into a money making (laughs) deal. I just want you to know the good word of God.
0: Yeah, I actually had that that same thought in mind in terms of kind of thinking boasting. Well. If he's boasting in himself, there's issues. But man, we can all boast about Christ. Exactly. Christ is boastable. Exactly. He's the guy we should be <laughs> lifting up all the time.
1: Exactly. Um, and and the, um, one of the other notes that I had down is that we need to do everything in God's love, um, not. Um, Wait, I need to back up a little bit. Um, God's love connects us all. Mm-hmm. It's not us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: It's simply God working through us. Um, uh, a phrase that I heard in a sermon once, and I've borrowed it many times, is to be Jesus with skin on. And all it is is the Holy Spirit Working through you, yeah. Um, it's if the idea came into your head, it wasn't your idea. <laughs> it was, it was the Holy Spirit working through you. So
0: well put. Did you have any other other notes taking down for Second Corinthians done?
1: Um. Uh, Paul was joyful. In the progress that uh, the church had made. And Paul did, um, uh, he warned against idolatry and encouraged, um, oh, about, he encouraged generosity through uh, one of the chapters. But towards the end, um, his thorn in his side Mm. and many have speculated as to what that thorn (laughs) was and you know we all have some sort of thorn or multiple thorns in our lives and the point is not figuring out what the thorn is the point is giving up control yep and letting God be strong in us and not ourselves
0: well put well put well we're, we're gonna move to the the five main takeaways of second corinthians as is kind of the practice for these podcast episodes so first up faith is never weakness it's gonna be a big big aspect as you read through second corinthians but uh yeah it can be it can be seen in the world as weakness but you can bet Faith is never weakness. It is always the strongest thing you can do, having strength or having faith. Uh, second, let Christ be your rock. Uh, times are going to come where people might mock. They might point out saying you're weak in something or, or challenges might come where your faith is tested. But ultimately, as we said, multiple times it's Christ who is your strength. It's not you. Christ is the one leading you. So make sure that you maintain faith in that, that Christ is your rock. Third, live as though your faith matters. Live your faith. You know, we, we read scriptures, we, we say Christ's our rock, but allow that to, to dictate your life. Allow the world to see that, that this Christ you follow and the scriptures you read, they matter to the way you live your life. Uh, fourth, know your scriptures. Those who are in 2 Corinthians here, there was many false prophets and and it's not any different today. They might look different, but there are people who might try and lead others astray or or even a brother or sister in the church who might just have a, a wrong understanding of Scripture. So make sure you know your Scripture yourself. So that way, you know, the steel can sharpen steel, so to speak. And then lastly, share the gospel. Ultimately, all these things are for the strength to... Go out and share the gospel so that other people might get to know who Christ is and uh, come to Him as we have come to Him. Well, I hope 2 Corinthians is as much of a blessing as it was for myself and Don. Don, thank you for dropping in and, and sharing with us. God's blessings, everybody.